0: or tell that person in high school how much you liked them. Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decision or moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened.
1: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com.
0: My guests today are Kelvin and Liz Fletcher, and I'm so excited to be recording with them in person with a few little tiny guests who you might hear throughout the chat. Kelvin is an actor best known for playing Andy Sugden in Emmerdale for 20 years and also is the winner of Strictly Come Dancing in 2019, as well as an acclaimed racing driver. Liz is an actor and voiceover artist who has appeared in a number of roles, both on stage and screen. And together they both star in BBC One's Kelvin's Big Farming Adventure and have just released their first book, Fletcher's on the Farm. Kelvin and Liz have known each other since they were eight years old and have been through most of life experiences and adventures together, with their biggest one still ahead of them. They decided to leave their happy home in Oldham and take the plunge to buy a farm in the Peak District, going from townies to farmhands overnight. Their new book is uplifting and heartwarming about following your dreams, even if you don't have a clue how to do it. Kelvin and Liz have four children and a farmyard full of animals and are an amazing example of how they keep the balance and support each other through their careers and lives, whilst also keeping their family as a priority. And I can't wait to find out all about their moments. Great. So welcome to Sliding Doors, Kelvin and Liz. Um, So we've got two for the price of one today for our listeners, which is kind of a bit like when probably when you found out you were having... twins. (laughs) twins. <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. Exactly um, But today is also book launch day. So really exciting for you guys. I've got so much that I want to cover. So I want to get right into it. So how does it feel to finally have released your book out to the world?
2: A little bit bizarre, really, because yeah, it's one of those things that you never think you'll probably do. Um, or if you do think you probably do when the day actually comes, you can't quite believe it. it's a bit of a pinch yourself. You know, I think first and foremost, you use a sense of pride really, because um, it's quite a monumental staging our respective careers and, and life you know and, and kind of writing the whole book was a real kind of journey because you're going back right to the beginning certainly yeah. for us you know it was it was important for us to explore those early chapters about who we are our family you know our upbringing is is kind of ultimately laying the foundations for the people we are today and how we kind of met and our careers and then obviously then our exploring our new life in the countryside so yeah it was a real kind of journey and uh and then to kind of see it come to fruition today is is um you know yeah a is, is pretty special really
0: and is that why you decided to write a book because you've obviously got your tv show that kind of gives people an introduction into what you're doing with your life on the farm but do you think the book was so that you could have that time to reflect back on the journey that you've both had
1: well we had we had such an amazing response to the show and there was so much that happened that we didn't get to show because we can only fit so much in the half an hour episodes and it was our it's kind of our opportunity to talk about those experiences in farming because we, you know it was the they were there from day one of us moving in yeah and people always say oh you know so much more happened and then when they've seen it they said and what what did you do before so you've never been farmers before you've never done anything and they, they almost don't believe us do they yeah. so well,
2: we it was our opportunity to give a full backstory and a yeah. full insight and almost kind of um what the tv show uh, or what our social media or thus far hasn't shown the book will so it's just that yeah. further insight really and another yeah. opportunity another extension for people to you know to kind of connect with you because as liz said we were surprised how how much it kind of resonated with people and how much it did connect with people so
0: but i think that's what's really funny because i think kelvin especially like seeing you on emmerdale growing up People just think you are a farmer and that you're from this farming life like do you, have you got that a lot that people are like what you've never farmed before
2: Yeah there is I think still a little bit of a thing where they're like well surely you must have had some knowledge or you know there's been because of what you did that's helped out and it's like no You know <laughs> well, we it, know it's, that from
0: the TV show that yeah, you don't have it, any it, there's nothing
2: like for instance I've just finished a, a play where I was playing a, an RAF mechanic in 1940s during the midst of the the uh, the Battle of Britain in the Second World War that doesn't mean I could go and fly a hurricane or, yeah. or fix a hurricane. I was, I, was, I was an actor. I was an you know, actor, that's know, what pretending. You paid to do. So yes, I was pretending to be a farmer. So when it came to farming in real life, there was nothing really I could kind of draw on. It was just, um, as, as the TV show you know showed and we explain in the book, it was literally throw yourself in the deep end. And, and we both got this idea, so I think me maybe a little bit more than Liz, call it a bit naivety, but I just back myself in every situation and think, well, what I don't know today... I'll know tomorrow. So any, any times when you come up be short and you think, oh, I've jumped in at the deep end here. I don't know how to farm. I don't know how to do this. I just think I'll figure it out. And, but and not I...
0: many people do know what they're doing in life. You know, you think they do, but actually everyone's just winging it. Yeah, at some point.
2: exactly. Yeah. So um, I think just wing it with a, with a bit, a bit of belief and think, you know, we'll be all right.
0: I love that. And I feel like you guys have definitely had a lot of sliding doors moments in your life um, with fate and decisions that you've made. Um, and I feel like how you got together, really felt like the universe pushing you together. So do you want to explain a bit to our listeners how, because you knew each other when you were younger, but then a few like random things happened that actually brought you back together again?
2: We, well, we knew each other from eight years old, nine years old at primary school we first met. Um, and Liz actually vividly remembers her first meet to me. I don't life.
1: remember much, but I remember that day.
2: <laughs> and I don't really remember it that much. Yeah. But, now Liz was like, remembers remember this little goofy kid coming into class, being introduced that, you know, this is the new boy. And, um, and it's funny in the book, we talk about different. So I'm explaining my first day at school yeah. and and what it was a transition. I was eight, eight years old. Me and my younger, he was six at the time to move away. We lived in a pretty rough area and we would mum and dad would, would, you know, would, uh, dad had got a, a bit of a pay rise so he was moving to a bit of a nicer area still within Oldham and as kids we were like the heart broke, your heart broke because yeah. we we're losing all our friends you know what and it's funny whereas my interpretation of that move going to school little did I know that was when I was going to meet my future wife but that transition for me was a real sense of worry and heartbreak because I yeah. didn't want to lose my sense of friends in my little area and our little two up two down where we lived it was what I called home and then Liz's take on that was like we were excited to meet this new boy so you've got two completely different kind of interpretations of, of that same moment and then yeah I went into school and I was thinking oh you were all these posh kids you know and and then we just we kind of hit it off we became really good friends as kids I think we shared well I don't know about Liz but it was my first ever kiss I think with, with Liz oh
0: that's so <laughs> nice I and then yeah that. remained
2: pretty good friends in, in our kind of Throughout our teenage years, and then it got to a point where because she was the year above, obviously I got oh, I got yeah. kicked into touch. It wasn't cool to be seen with a lad who's the year Definitely below. Not. So I was off, ignored. <laughs> and then and then I obviously went off and I was you know, I was a professional actor still even then. And 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 then I moved to Leeds and, and carried on and Liz went to university. So our kind of lives separated a little bit. And then in our mid-twenties. We kind of re met randomly in a in a local pub, and one of those moments where I, I wouldn't normally have been in that pub, and yeah. so we just kind of cool how we re met, and we had a lot of history there because we used to be kids' best mates, we used yeah. to, you know, and it was like reminiscing at first, but then also, I'm sure there was a you know well, there was a moment for both of us where we thought, poor bloody hell, you you know you look quite fun. <laughs> <grown> yeah, up. <laughs> yeah. So that was it.
0: And then because you met in the pub, but then. You then met again somewhere else, didn't you? So really, the universe was like, you two need to be together.
1: Well, little did I know that in the pub, Kelvin was falling in love with me.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. I steady on. I don't know if I was falling in love. Look. looked. Well, I you on look- a
1: crush? Yeah. I, I, was, looked- I was more shocked that you'd got into the pub. I was like, how's he got in here? He looks so young. <laughs> yeah.
2: Even as an that. 18, 19-year-old, um, I did look really, really young, didn't I? So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a bit... Um, but no, I, I think we, we re-met again like if, about a month or so afterwards. Because in a nightclub somewhere.
1: Well, you secretly fancied me in the nightclub. Yeah. And then there was this just there was this joke going around the pub, it's such a stupid story. This guy who was really big and muscly was asking all the girls what he would give them out of ten.
2: What they um, would give him out of ten. What they would give
1: him out of ten, yeah. And um and we were just like, oh, what a, you know, like typical. He knew he was cheesy, so but he was going yeah. along with it. So I was joking to Kelvin, saying, oh God, get us away from this guy, like. Laughing, and then a few weeks later, I got this text message saying, What would you give me out of 10? So, me and all my friends were like, oh that guy's got my number. <laughs> oh, no! And we were secretly pranking this number, like, we didn't have a lot of uh, we didn't have a lot to do with that time. We were just ringing this number constantly. Oh, we just to, what was it? You used to be able to put a number at the beginning, you so used to that do 141, one, 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 yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And me and number. my friend just used to listen to this person going, Hello, hello. Um, and we'd be killing ourselves laughing at this poor guy like you know thinking that no one's at the other end of the phone and we we must have done it for about two solid weeks and and then we gave up couldn't work out who it was and um and they never text back or anything and then I bumped into Kelvin in this nightclub in Manchester um and I went over I said hey, Kelvin Fletcher's over there to my friends we went over talking to him and then just chatting to him, and then again, I was shocked that he got into his club. I was like, "How are you getting into these clubs? Looking, look, I had this, I had this vision of him that he wasn't I was twenty-two cool. at the time. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, just, I looked the, young, but you I was the, like, you the know, the year below.
2: <laughs> I was a year below. Year did below. I didn't know he was
1: way cooler than me, yeah. but I just had this view of like still Kelvin at school. And um, and then he looked at me and he said, "Did you get a text message a few weeks ago?" And in that moment, and it sounds ridiculous, but I instantly thought oh, my God, I'm in love with Calvin Fletcher.
2: Because, <laughs> so, obviously, it was, I, I, it was me that texted yes, what directed me out yeah, of yeah. town, knowing yeah. full well she didn't have my number at the time and it would love have caused that. a little bit of interest. And he had this so. little
1: twinkle in his eye. and I remember thinking, and after that night, literally that night...
2: who we that were, guy? who yeah. this guy?
1: I was like, he's so cool, and then all my coolness went out the window, and I was like, following him around this nightclub, probably. Oh, what an <laughs> and then amazing story! We were inseparable story. after that night.
0: And
2: now we've got four kids.
0: <laughs> amazing, but <laughs> it's such a brilliant story because it really is the, like you being in the right place at the right time. And I think a lot of relationships are about timing because you know you obviously weren't meant to be together when you were younger, and if you did stayed together, you may not have been together now. And you got to like live a bit of your lives and then come back together. I absolutely love it, and I think you just have a brilliant dynamic between the two of you, and I wanted to ask how different is it now so obviously your partner's in marriage but now you work together really on the farm is that different for you having to kind of work every day because your farm is like a business in itself how does that relationship
2: work I wouldn't wouldn't recommend it I wouldn't recommend thing,
1: it. No, it works very well. But the thing is, we're both very strong with our opinions. Yeah. So when Kelvin has one way of doing things, I have a very different way of doing things. And I think that's where sometimes we can... Like, what we argue about now is sheep. And <laughs> and where why have you put that feed bucket there? Why have you... And our arguments are very different to what they used to be, probably, where we'd probably moan that you put the plate on top of the dishwasher instead of in it now we're complaining about livestock
2: yeah we have different processes i guess but uh, i think i think yeah differences can be quite a useful strong component in an, in any kind of dynamic whether yeah. it be a relationship working relationship whatever it is so and it's just naturally there's always going to be a compromise i think mm-hmm. that's important we should all be willing to compromise somewhat as parents you you compromise yeah you know from the outset that's that's the whole purpose i think role of being a parent is that you've got to give away a little bit of yourself but still it's also important that you still keep yourself as well. So, you know, it, it's, it's a new dynamic for us to be working together and our kind of careers or elements of our careers to be suddenly coinciding as, 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 as co-authors, I guess, in, in this book, as talent on, on, a, on a documentary series and other projects. And, and it's the first for me because we've always worked separately. Liz is a voiceover artist and actress and me yeah. mainly as an actor. We've had complete separate careers exactly. to then suddenly start merging. It's a, it's a strange, even doing interviews, I think we did, um, I think we did the one show, a few little things pushing the programme last year. And I was like sat there thinking, I've been on this couch many times doing live interviews, but I'm sat here with Liz, my wife now. And, and, and I was a bit like, one, it was a, quite a proud moment, but two, it was yeah. like, wow, this is, this is different. This is new. And, and um, I've sat on with work colleagues before and it's just, you there as two work colleagues, yeah. but it's a work colleague, but it's also my wife. So it's, it's a really kind of complex situation isn't it and it was um and i've enjoyed it it's been it's been well we get a bit
1: of a it's our time together now work is our time together yeah Yeah. because we're so busy with the kids and and they're all different ages so they're all need to be in different places at different times and sometimes we're passing ships so work is now our date. Our day. <laughs> it's our social. Our night. Yeah. And I mean, I guess a
0: question that a lot of people say is, is like, how the hell do you do it all? And I think that, you know, you've got four children, a farm, you do racing, acting, everything. And I think from what I know about both of you is, is that you both allow each other to kind of, you know, we said, spoke about this before, like you, life is for living and you'll make something work with two of you. What, what would you say to someone that says, how do you do it all? What's, what's the recipe to success?
2: Well, first, I wouldn't say what we're doing is you know successful. Everyone's ideas and and ranges of success is is different. For me, success comes in many different forms. Um, you know, that, uh, it's like what career have you got? How much you're earning? What assets have you got? Yeah, well, that's one element, if you like, of success. But true success is, you know, how content are you? How, how mm-hmm. balanced as as an individual are so. you? And what's your dynamic? And if that is doing a nine to five. Then, then, and it works for you, then great. You know, every situation is, is different. So I'm always a bit mindful when I'm asked that. I can only give an insight and maybe advice or whatever going off our situation. Um, and how we do it is just to maintain the, the balance, the dynamic in a sense that first and foremost, we're a family unit, that, that comes first. But then at times, naturally, that has to be sacrificed. So I spent three months in London working yeah. because I've still got to, in, in theory, in one sense, put food on the table, also I admittedly maybe selfishness to want to pursue my career as Kelvin Fletcher and that should be championed and and so should Liz Liz is not just a mum she's not just my wife she's still Liz as well and I think to for us all to understand those dynamics and those roles within that I think is important so when people say how do you do it um I don't know we just we figure it out you know there's no other way I can't see any other way of doing it We've arrived today doing a podcast with a baby. It's not ideal.
1: Thinking, we're not being very successful here. Are we? Yeah, you know, but
2: that, that is, yeah, we've not, you know, but that sometimes when you're in the thick of it as a young family, it's just like, there's no other way. This is just yeah. how we're going to have to do it. So a good, strong work I think, is something I've always had and, and what I've lacked or maybe what we've lacked in certain expertise or experiences you, you, I always make up for in, in willingness and endeavours to, to you know to get there in the end and good work ethic will, yeah. I've always, always you know so far so, far so good has, has served us pretty pretty good so far
0: also you're not going to be like the best husband the best mum the best dad if you're not yourself you can't you know ev- family has to be at the heart of everything that you do but it can't be everything or else you're, you're going to lose who you are um, and before we go on to talking about your moments I wanted to ask you both and I feel like I know Liz's answer but I'm not sure about Kelvin's but what do you guys believe when it comes to the sliding doors theory so the idea of fate, coincidence timing um do you believe everything happens for a reason what are your thoughts on it
2: i do believe everything happens for a reason in a sense there's there's a there's a plan in place you know and uh and just have have, i guess it where he sits with spirituality, but you know where where your faith lies and, and understand that you know have that that sense of things will be all right you know just trust just trust the process and and certain situations adversities opportunities might come your way and um you know it, it's funny i guess using strictly as an, as an example there was three years of, of me auditioning trying for whatever reason unsuccessfully that they they i wasn't i didn't fit their dynamic I, you know they didn't want me if you like and then the the time they did was somebody because somebody was was dropped out and i didn't know whether i wanted to be a, a standing for somebody else you know but ultimately i ended up going into that show so naturally it's a complete unknown a complete underdog and they went on to to win it in a fashion that has probably never been seen and ne- never will be seen those sort of things you couldn't write that um and and it's funny how kind of those things work i remember the comments of my first dance and Shirley and Bruno giving all these comments and, and they were great, they were really positive. And it was an a- amazing experience, your first show that, Samba was, you know, who's this guy? And, and I was probably thinking to myself, who, who am I? What have I just done yeah. that? I wasn't expecting <laughs> that. And it just happened. And, and then Craig's little response was, um, and for people who don't, I'm sure most people do watch the show, Strictly Come Dancing, great show, but for people who don't, Craig was kind of the the baddie. Yeah. You know, he's great, great critique, great choreographer over the years. So he, he's, every, pan, every judge on that panel has, they know what they're talking about. And Craig's is very much, he's always the, 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 the reality pill. He's always a reality check and gives the, the real strong advice and, and, and criticism at times and said to me, well, your hands were very good. This, you weren't doing this. You were doing that. This was wrong. But God works in mysterious ways. And it was just quite poignant for, for me and, and my brother and my family. It was just like, you know, that for, for me said it all. And, and when at times you think that what's not possible, you know, some things, some things are, and so yeah, there's always moments. I think in everybody's lives where um, sliding doors moments where you think, you know, somebody, somewhere
0: is sorting this out for me. Yeah, and uh, it's incredible. And Liz, what about you? What do you believe in the kind of sliding doors theory?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a huge believer, and and when I look back at my life, my whole life has been passed out, carved out on these moments, and um, I think you just have to trust the universe, even. Mm-hmm where I've had moments where I'm rock bottom, but actually they're the best moments because that's when you can, that's when you work out what you want and what it is that you want from life. And then you come out as, you know, I've found so much happiness out of rock bottom moments. And I fully believe it. I fully... I think that me and Kelvin have had some amazing moments together that have brought us to having our four children. I'm yet to find out why we've been given twins and a boy (laughs) and a girl. I still think all that has a reason. Yeah, but you'll find out one day. Yeah, exactly. I think everything has has a reason. I fully believe it. Yeah, I love both of those um,
0: ideas and thoughts because I think you're right. Like, I just think... Life throws so much at you. There's got to be something as to why kind of it all is. And that leads us nicely on to talking about your sliding doors moments. So Liz and Kelvin have provided one moment each and then a joint one. So we're going to start with Liz. So your first moment is after meeting a friend who encouraged me to audition for a part in Rent um, when I wasn't happy in my fashion buying job, I made the move back into acting and subsequently went to the London School of Musical Theatre and never looked back. So you were 28 um, and we know that you believe everything happens for a reason and kind of the universe kind of forced you to make this shift so explain where you were at the time in your
1: life and how auditioning for Rent was such a sliding doors moment for you. Well what had happened I used to perform as a child and then when I came to about being 16 the jobs weren't coming in as much as they were. Coming from an educated family I felt that the best plan would be to try and learn something else so I went to Hair and beauty college of all things, purely because my friends were going, I had no idea what else I could do. And I was terrible at, I was terrible at hair and beauty. And then on a random night, after three years of studying hair and beauty on a random night, I bumped into a friend who was talking to me, telling me they were doing a fashion degree. And then I thought, oh, that sounds amazing. I want to do that fashion degree. Next thing I went home, I was, you know, filling out the forms to apply for university to go and do this fashion buy-in marketing degree. Went to do that and then studied all that started working in fashion buying. And then something just wasn't working out for me. It just wasn't yeah. filling me with the happiness that I thought it would. Um, and then my friend said to me, um, oh, my friend's auditioning for this musical called Rent. You should go, you, you'd love it. I'd never even heard of Rent. Yeah. And I was like, what is it? So I listened to the soundtrack, watched the film. and I was like, oh, I would love to be in that. So I went an audition for Mimi, and I'd not acted, sang for yeah. ages, and I just thought oh, I won't get it. But listen, I, you know, I felt like I was, it was yeah. one of those moments that I just enjoy. I went along to it, sang the song, did like um, an acting piece for it, and then a couple of days later, they rang me and said, "We're going to offer you the part of Mimi," and that was just the best feeling. It was such did a fun. Did you feel character. it was like a
0: moment? For yeah, you. I felt yeah. Like it
1: went well. I felt like the part was right, um, and and you know, I was still working while well. I'm. This was only amateur still working while rehearsing for this show but I loved every minute of it it put me back in that circle of people that love performing that love yeah. that sort of arts and and acting and singing and it was one of the best experiences ever and from that I thought how can I now go back to being in fashion yeah I can't and I haven't got the energy to do a job and try and yeah, be a it's performer too it's much. too much and I just thought, and silently I was thinking these thoughts and I'd never really said anything to Kelvin. Kelvin was very much in an Emmerdale and, and, you know, there was the odd night where we'd work together on a script together a few years ago. If you had any big scenes, we'd, we'd read scripts together, wouldn't we? And I'd be Chaz or Paddy or <laughs> I'd be all the other parts. <laughs> And then someone said to me, do you know there's this drama school in London that's only one year, I was 28 at the time, Yeah, it's only one year, it's like an absolute intense course and at the end of it, you audition for agents and if you get an agent then, you know, you're off. And I was thinking, that's perfect for me, I haven't got three years in me, I'm not a 21-year-old yeah. coming out of college. And I thought that'd be amazing, I'd still not told anyone about this, I thought, do you know what, I'm going I'm to apply. So I told my mum and dad, and my mum and dad were like, look, do whatever makes you happy, Um. It's a year out of your life. If if it doesn't go right, you just come back to doing fashion. It's not the end of the world. So I thought, right, I'll apply. I applied, so I I got sent um, the letter to audition for them. So I went all the way to London. I'd still not told Kelvin because I thought, I don't want to tell anyone and it doesn't happen. And then you've got to tell everyone why Are it's not Are you someone happened. then that like really follows your
0: gut and kind of a like, you know what, I know this is something I want to do. I don't want to hear the external noise of people yeah. saying, like, should you do this, should you do that?
1: Exactly. And I didn't want to jinx it either, as in, once you've told everyone, then you've put the pressure on that you have to get it. And and I just thought, I just want to do this in my own time, in my own way. If I don't get in, then I don't yeah. have to tell anyone. I can tell people after the story that I didn't get in, but not now. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I went to the audition. I, I took a friend with me. The friend that told me about the Rent audition. Ah, okay. So I told Kelvin we're on a girls' weekend, and um, and she was so supportive with me. She like she was there basically. I'd not even been around London that much. Yeah. She was more my friend to make sure I didn't get lost around London. Um, went for the audition, and then a couple of days later, they wrote me a letter and said, "Listen, we'd love to come you to come back for a recall." And I was like, "Oh my god." They want to see me again, so they need to get a new song, and they give me a bit of feedback. You come back with a different song, different acting piece. So then I went, um, did the recall, and then I heard nothing for ages. I was like, oh no, that was my shot. If I don't get it, there's no other drama school that does that, what what am I gonna do? And I was sat in my office, um, typing an email to an Indian supplier about fabric. And I just got this overwhelming feeling. I thought I'm going to get the call. The call is coming. So you got you got a feeling for it. I got the feeling. I always wow. get these premonitions of love like that. something's going to happen. And I looked, and my phone started ringing. And I was like, <gasps> I'm like looking around at the girls <laughs> at the next to me, the desk. I was thinking, Oh my god! So I quickly ran into the meeting room and answered it. And it was the principal of the of Amazing. the drama school, and he said, Listen, we loved everything about. We loved your story. We love what you. We think that you have got potential. Um, and we'd love to offer you a place. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Was so... and, I, and then I thought, I've got to go out now and tell everyone. And I was be like, what? <laughs> they like, what? So first I had to go home and tell Kelvin. That was my first person to tell. So I had to go home that night and say, listen, the past couple of months I've been auditioning for this drama school. We just moved in together, but it will mean me moving to London. What, what do you think? And he was so supportive. First he was like, what? Why didn't you tell me? But then. You thought the idea was great, and, and it was a, a move that... You, we had no responsibilities then. We weren't yeah. engaged, we weren't married, we didn't have any kids. He mm-hmm. was like, you have to do it, you have to do whatever makes you happy. And within a month, um, I'd handed my notice in, told friends and family, found a place to live in London, and then started out this musical theatre drama school amazing journey it's so good because I
0: also think you know looking back now we can say 28 seems young but at the time like you know we're meant to have like known what we're doing and being these long career paths and you know to take yourself out of the nine to five and be like and I think you sound like someone that really kind of gets a fire in your belly and you're like you know this is what makes me happy and to follow that is brilliant and do you ever think about you know if you hadn't auditioned for Ren and got that kind of hunger back applied for the school like how different
1: do you think life would be now for you? Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know whether I'd just been a job that I wasn't fully happy with and then I probably would have got married, had kids and and then you've got those responsibilities or... Well, I mean, they're probably not even a reason to stop doing what you love, but I don't know. I I I don't know, do I? I never know. But I felt like this all happened at the right time. It was the right decision and I have. And it filled me with complete happiness, although I was nervous and scared. It fills me with happiness and I've had now... That was 10, 11 years ago, and I've never looked back, and I feel like it was such the right decision because all these other moments within those 10 years have just slotted into place. My children, for one, I've been able to have children, and not, you know, I don't know how people have children, and get the school run done, get everyone dressed, get the school bags, and get to work for 9 o'clock. Yeah, It's such an impossible task every day, and I think it's given me that chance to... Make work, work around me yeah, in that sense.
0: Definitely. And it just sounds like it was just the catalyst that started everything off for you and was kind of that stepping stone. And it's a brilliant, it's brilliant inspiration to people because I think that, you know, you, you can kind of pivot your career and move to do something that really kind of fills your belly with hunger and I think that you're right that works for you now like that nine to five didn't work for you and it's a brilliant sliding doors moment um so thank you for sharing that with us going to Kelvin's moment so yours is leaving Emmerdale after 20 years um had that decision not been taken strictly the farm the National Theatre probably wouldn't have happened so there's so much to discuss here because so many moments happened from that one decision for you. So do you want to explain what made you kind of leave Emmerdale after such a long time?
2: Leaving any job after 20 years is 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 a is a huge consideration really and a huge decision. And um and, and in many ways it was an easy decision. Um but also as well as that it, it was like I say, you know, well thought out and probably a two-year process. The kind of catalyst was came from me, just came from my gut, really, that I was, and it was a funny, I was kind of making this choice at the happiest I'd ever been within that 20-year period of, of, of Emmerdale. Yeah. You know, it was a great job. I learned so much as a young actor. Um, a, a, amazing programme, amazing cast, amazing work colleagues. And at that particular time, artistically, I felt stronger than I've ever felt before. Um, and I just felt that... I was the happiest I'd ever been. So it was kind of strange to then want to change. Because normally people want to leave something or leave something behind when they're not at the happiest. But when actually, it's kind of that Yeah, bottom. but then
0: it's hard because you're not in the right mindset.
2: Exactly, Was I did it the opposite. I did it when I was actually my happiest. And yeah. I felt then that it couldn't give me, surely it couldn't give me any more than it's currently giving me. And what it was giving me, although it was great, it was still something else that I wanted, a different yeah. outlook. Did I still want to act? Did I want to be behind the camera? Did I just want to go and get a proper job? It was something you know, from being eight years old, uh, being as, as as an actor, from being yeah. an emerald since I was twelve years. It's all on you, and I just wanted to go and see the the the, the world really. So, and I and the TV uh, environment was changing very much. The dawn of Netflix and a lot more content was being out there, and I just wanted to kind of do. I was sitting watching a Shea Meadows film and Ken Loach films and gritty dramas, and thinking. That's what I want to do,
0: and there's so much more out there to explore.
2: Exactly, and 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 I feel like I could do that, and but um, people probably don't know until I till I go and do it. The yeah. other way I could go and explore that is to is to leave. So I just thought, well, like, artistically, I, I've got so much more to give. I felt like I was coming to an age I was just approaching. I think I was 30 years old, and I was thinking I'm in, I feel like I'm in my prime now. Um, and and I chatted to an old boss of mine who'd since left left Emmerdale, and kind of he gave me a real Kind of moment where it was like there is opportunities out there, and you've just got to back yourself, and that's what I did. So I spoke with with a man and said, "Listen, I'm, I'm thinking of leaving. There's nothing that I want more. Of. This job has been fantastic, but yeah. I just want something different." And ITV and Emile were, were were amazing, and they were so accommodating and absolutely understood my reasoning, really. And then we kind of worked out about an eighteen month period of where I was going to get ready to leave. So during that period, I was kind of then setting up myself to be financially stable you you can't just
0: leave you have to be written out and like it takes a while yeah
2: there's a whole process and i think for me as well i'd seen so many actors over the years come and go and so many actors and i know what it's like you know i've been spoiled the fact that i was in a job for so long as a working actor you don't know when your next job is going to come so therefore you don't know when your next pay is going to come so it is quite a risky yeah business in that sense and you're at the mercy of other people's decisions constantly so it can be quite unfulfilling and I knew that I'd not experienced that, but I certainly knew, knew that. But I was trying to take some sort of ownership of that. So I thought, well, let me try and set up myself as best I can, to with to be financially independent and be, be as best prepared as I can. So when I actually did leave, um, it was uh, in in one sense, you know, a huge relief, really, because and and I guess after twenty years, there's that element of where you feel like you're there's a void there. Like when a sportsman retires and they just lose all sense of structure, they don't know what they're doing. It can be quite a, you know, it can be quite a negative feeling. Mm -hmm. And if that would have happened, it would have been understandable. But before that could happen, i got married and i you know we we welcomed our daughter into the world yeah. so that filled any sort of void that would have been there with with leaving a job after 20 years so and then it was on to the next really so it was a big decision that that i made and and, and i look back now and, and think you know it's the it's the in many ways one of the best decisions i've ever made you know and that's no disrespect to to the show in my life there it was no, just i mean i, don't it you was can an, see I needed it the next yeah. chapter in my life and and i need to explore more and and I've never really looked back
0: I don't think after 20 years anyone can be upset but I I think what you say is such a brilliant point that we don't think about is is that you know it's like leave on a high like I think sometimes we wait until we're not feeling good but then the energy that you're putting out is not right and then the jobs that you get back and I wanted to ask so you've mentioned about Strictly being a sign doors moment for you which I think is amazing because again like you were not meant to be on the show that year and how it all worked out so were you could you have you know was leaving Emmerdale something that allowed you also to do Strictly like was that you know know with the fact that you had had you left by the time that you did Strictly?
2: Strictly also wasn't on my radar when I was leaving Emmerdale it was just other dramas and I wanted to kind of pursue other acting opportunities and I couldn't pursue that whilst contracted to Emmerdale so for for me to go and realise my dreams as an actor I had to leave Emmerdale that was that was the the basics of of, of the yeah. decisions really, and then obviously after that uh, Strictly was was um, did kind of come on my radar. There's a whole host of shows like that, entertainment reality type shows, and for me, in my opinion, Strictly was 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 you know unrivalled in that sense. Yeah. The absolute credibility of, of of huge prestige, of huge opportunity, um, and 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 not just in commercial revenues. in if anything, it's probably the the the, the commerciality of Strictly is. Well, it's not, you know, there's the, yeah. the least, you know, there's far bigger payers elsewhere. But it wasn't about that. For me, it was to go and experience something, to learn something new and, and to be a part of a show that we'd been fans of ourselves yeah. anyway. Um, so th- when Strictly did kind of come on my radar, it was, you know, like I said, the three failed attempts. But that at times you feel, you, you know, you, but being a jobbing actor, even now, nine out of ten jobs I go for, I probably won't get. And that sort of resilience I've had since as a kid, and you just get used to it. And I've always tried to coin the phrase where the phrase where it's not rejection. At times it does feel like rejection, yeah. but it's it's redirection. That's all exactly, it is. And, and, it's and you've meant got to, to just be. kind of not take things personally, and just and let it galvanise you. And there's no one more determined. Or you know, um, I, I back myself. I always have, and probably outside of Liz, my parents, my brother, and my agent, I've got the notion that nobody else will believe in me as much as I do. Yeah. And, that, and I accept that. I'm at, I'm at peace with that. I wish every, every cast director and producer did believe in me because I'm confident that I'll always deliver. But ultimately, I've, I've got that resilience where I think, well, it's, it's, it's us against the world. And, and, and that in itself has, has always been my driving force and what I set out to achieve. I'll, yeah. I don't mind failing, you know, uh, that, that's part of life as well. And I, I've got a bigger fear of regret than, than our failure.
0: It's such a great, you know, the... You were knocked down, like, you you were rejected. I mean, just talking about Strictly, like, it's such a brilliant way of showing that, like, we just have to believe that it's not meant to be at that time or whatever, and, you know, it's never a reflection on you and your talent. You feel like it is at the time, and Mm. I think when we get knockbacks, it really pushes us down, but actually, you just got to keep the faith and know that, you know, there is a plan, and you know, if you hadn't have left Emmerdale when you did, you wouldn't have gone on Strictly, probably wouldn't have got a farm, you know, you wouldn't have done... The theatre that you've just done in yeah. the West End. So, do you really think about like how different life would have been for you if you know? It's not even about leaving Emmerdale. It's leaving Emmerdale at the time that you decided to do it. Do you think about how different life would have been if that hadn't have happened when it did?
2: I don't tend to kind of look back and consider decisions I've made and, and timing I've m- ever made because, for one. I've got this ethos. If it's not in my control, I won't give it a moment's thought. Yeah, It's as simple as that because it's, it's wasting energy, really. What if, you know, ultimately I can only concentrate on what I've got control. I'd like, being a bit of a control freak, I'd like a lot more things to be within my remit of control. Yeah, I think if we it all was up would. to me, I think we all would, yeah. yeah. But there's certain elements you have to accept. I have full control of certain things in my life and partial control of other things. And then there's some things I have zero control of. So that's the easy thing to forget of. The things that I have partial control of, I'll do my absolute utmost and exhaust my resources to its fullest. And the rest is left to somebody else. You know, if it it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And the stuff that I've got control of, that's where I take full accountability. And it's on me. So kind of those three elements. Um, So I don't tend to look back too much and think, well, if I'd maybe made the decision to leave m a year before, a year after, what would things have looked like? when I won Strictly in the fashion that I did to then, and then the pandemic hit, you know, what would it have been like? The, yeah. the amount of work that kind of I had lined up after that. But it's, it, so God, what? I'm, not, I'm yeah. not going back over, you know, it is what it is. You take it on the chin. We all took that particular instance yeah, on our definitely. chin. So for me, it's just always about going forward. And I think one thing I've learned more than anything uh, these last few years I guess like many people is just to be present yeah. that's, that's, that is that's the key thing I'm guilty of it myself I'm so ambitious and so kind of destined I, I feel like I'm destined for, for bigger and greater things in every facet but you know there's something about being present and just being appreciative and grateful for what the things that you have and, and you know yeah. first and foremost you know a great family and, and things like this opportunities like this coming, recording these things like today is just you know lovely little moments where you think this is you know this is great I'm, I'm having a great day and you know, dare I say it, we, we, we're we lucky enough to call this work, you know, so yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, a, a real special it's time. It's such really. a
0: brilliant outlook on life. And I think you're both such an inspiration for people that do just kind of like believe things are meant for you, but also you just put your all into everything and you let kind of, you rule your own destiny in a sense, and you kind of create that. And I think it's such a brilliant moment as well for people to listen to, because I think sometimes again, I say again, leaving something when you're the happiest and making that decision in that moment is what's going to make the best, the next thing even better because you've got that ambition to move on and it re- feels right for you. So onto your last line does moment. So deciding to uproot and move to the farm, you said that the alternative option was actually moving to California. So This is such a big one. Um, I don't think California could be further from a farm. From Um,
2: California to the Peak District. California to the
0: Peak District. So take us back to the time and explain how a decision to move to LA actually turned into buying a farm.
2: We decided, I think it was mid-18, 2018, we spent about three or four months in in California, in, in LA predominantly, um... As with, with Marnie at the time, just myself, uh, Liz and Marnie, that was our kind of family setup, And they're just inspired. Blue skies. I was crossfitting every morning at six a.m. was like, this is the life, you know. Yeah. And then it was just that thing of like, let's just move here. And we didn't have any jobs at the time. You know, we were working actors and it was just like, let's let's just do it. Now, those decisions, I, I admit, you know, for some people, it's just like, you can't just decide that. Well, we're those people. You can. You if, can. I, if we want to go and do something... I'll go and do it. Yeah. That doesn't matter if, you know, if I'm 20, 30, 40, 60, it's sometimes easier said than done, but I'm proofing the pudding that they're, they're the decisions yeah. that, that I make. And if I make a decision, then I'll go ahead and do it. If it's what I want to do, then I will do it. There's, there's no other, and other just, option. And Liz
0: is like, okay, we'll have to do this. <laughs> well, Liz is the same. She well, it only to... happens if I agree
1: with it. Yeah.
2: yeah, but Liz is the same. And I expect if she wants to make a decision, then then we go and do it. You know, you go and fulfil what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And um so we came back we sat on that for about a year to really try and understand and 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 work things out and and do a bit of you know um experimentation is to to how things would work out and all, all of these kind of investigate and then the plan was made of these applications were put in and it was like right we're going to do at least two years in in america first of all must try it as actors in hollywood you know every mm-hmm. cliche but that's what you want to try and do but i'll work as an Uber driver, I work in a cafe just to reinvent myself, just to go somewhere, yeah. nobody knows us, and just live on the beat and just see what it's like with you and why, why you not. Young and you can because in and our yeah. 40s, 50s, 60s, when we look back and think, I, I would love to have lived abroad. Well oh, yeah. I didn't want that to happen. So like I say, you know, I've had a, I've got a big fear of regret and I don't have a big fear of, of failing. I don't want to fail. I don't sell to fail, but I'm prepared to fail if, if yeah. need be. And um so that was on the cards. And then Strictly came, obviously there's a huge explosion of opportunities for us both. So we thought we'll put it back six months. We'll Ah. We'll do everything we can in the UK and ride this wave. And then we're still going to go to America. Then lockdown hit. So from the consular, wow. from the embassy and whatnot, it was any alien workers are kind of, for the foreseeable, I think for the, at least 18 months, you're not going to be allowed into the country. So that was kind of the American dream over for and how, now.
0: And how did you feel? Because that was the dream. Did Were you like, oh, God, or were you just like, this is actually, you know what, it's meant to be. Oh, no, we were, we
1: were gutted. We were, yeah. gutted. Yeah. We, were gutted. Uh, we were gutted. You know, that yeah. was a We'd invested so much money in the visa we, we we this was the plan we we painted the house white all the carpets were gray so we could sell the house straight
2: away and it, but then you take you think well okay that's out of our control it's one of those moments where like okay the, we well chinks. everything
1: was out of our control because we're in lockdown we? you know yeah. that was on the way and, and
2: well we can sit and cry about it but ultimately it is what it is right what's next and the what's next was right what's next we need a change we obviously want a change in some sort yeah Get on the old Right Move app. I think I'm on Right Move. Like people go on the Daily Mail <laughs> or the Instagram. I'm on Right, I'm right Move. I love same. it. I love it. So and it's we're amazing. looking at properties in, in Scotland, in Central London, Brixton, wherever. We just wanted a change, a change yeah. of setup. Young family. We've now at this point got two kids, and it was just like, let's just do it. Come Father on. Before
1: they're in school, and you, you yeah, know, you've got exactly kids, but you don't have to be rooted. Somewhere. We didn't have that yeah. routine yet, of yeah. school run and stuff. So yeah.
2: So we did it, and, and I came across this little farm in the Peak District, and uh, we went and viewed it. Liz was a little bit skeptical and was like. I think the suburbs, I think is some sort of, you know, uh, cul-de-sac type feel for a family is, is right and better. Whereas I was like, no, middle of nowhere, let's live off the land. Well,
1: I basically wanted to mirror my childhood yeah. for my kids. So that was where I was going. And the thought of being on a farm, I was like, well, well they'll have no mates round. Like, who, who will be my mate? Right, we, well, I'll be totally to on my own line. in this farm. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and we did it. So, yeah, we that were my reservations. I,
2: I, I managed to persuade them. I said, listen, trust me, it will be, it will be good. Kelvin, you and- trust me, it'll be good. I don't know how it'll be good. I don't know what we're going to do, but I'll figure it out.
0: And do you trust him when he says this stuff? Like, are you kind of like, oh, God, And like, did you have something inside you that did want to do it?
1: Yeah, the one thing I know is that it's not a pipe dream when Kelvin wants to do it. I know that he will have gone through every final detail. Yeah. We've not just bought a farm, we, off, you know, off the back the of our, yeah. we've gone into Everything We've thought everything through. We've yeah. looked at every bit of information. So that was what I knew, that while I'm away looking after the kids, he was going through every last bit of... of of information that we needed to know about. So I knew that we were in safe hands. Yeah, that's good.
2: And we did it. We took the plunge and within a couple of weeks of being there, um, I then had to go off to Budapest and film a drama. So I left Liz in the car. So of, I knew,
1: I thought, here we go. He we go. Like, I want farm, yeah. Bye, Liz. Bye. <laughs> Exactly, I thought, here we go, it started. And then,
2: during that time, we're speaking to the BBC developing ideas for, for various formats, for for non-factual formats. And amidst those conversations, they thought it was hilarious that we'd bought a farm. We had a huge appetite for that type of TV. We were big fans of Kate Humbles and the Yorkshire Farmer and all these type of shows. And we was like, we we could maybe do a show of our own. And suddenly... Within two months of, of moving to a, to the Peak District, we had a primetime BBC One show commission on the back of exploring our lives. Yeah. And, that, and it's kind of that now we've got the book and it's all come from, you know, so we didn't set out to go and farm as such, but yeah. we set out to go and live a new way of life. In that, we then ended up getting a few animals and starting to farm. And we've just found an absolute fascination and love for the industry. And as and a smallholder, as a large scale commercial farming business, whatever you are, or you've just got one pet alpaca in the garden, for me, you just show an appreciation for the sector, for the country, for your area. You know, sourcing things locally, understanding where your food produce comes, understanding the, the, the benefits of doing things locally in these small communities, I just think is, has changed our life. And it's, I'd say collectively, it's the best decision we've ever made.
0: I mean, you are meant to be like riding bikes down Santa Monica, you know, pier right <laughs> that now. That may so, so happen. But yeah, it's it may, may still happen. Okay. Yeah, God, that's, that's that, the yeah. next thing. But do you think about it? Do you really think about you know? I know the pandemic was very much out of our control, but a lot of things came into play for you not to move to America. Do you think about? Do you ever really sometimes think about? We're only having a really bad day on the farm, and the, you know, do you think? I wish I was in America right now. Or do? You, or again, I know. I know Calvin doesn't have regrets, but you know, do do you think about how different your life would be now?
1: there 's never a bad day on the farm, even when it 's a bad day, you still feel like it 's a good day. I love that and it 's not although we would love to know what that American dream is like, but we 're so happy on the farm now and and never say never who who knows what will happen in the future, but at this moment in time, this is what 's working for us, and this is what fills us with joy and the kids with joy, seeing the kids around the farm is one of the best things for me they 're just fully mucking in they 're learning so much about life. You know, the, the man is an amazing sheep farmer. Like, she's just... They're, they're all coming into their own now. And that, I think, we wouldn't get in America yeah. as much. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't worry
2: what what, what what we might miss out on. what life could have looked like. This is what life looks like currently. I love it, we love it, and we'll make the best of it. And, and if that lasts one year, ten years, then who knows? But this current chapter is fantastic, and, and, and that's all, you know. And what will be, will be. And, and I've got absolute faith and complete reassurance that, you know, everything will be all right there's a plan and we'll just enjoy the ride
0: amazing i mean you guys literally are i just want to live my life the way you do no but i think i think just your outlook on everything and the fact of what you've done i think it's brilliant and i think you know life is for living you've got to make decisions and if they fail they fail but you've got to try um and very quickly just want to ask will there be another tv series
2: You saw in the book.
0: Ah, there you go, guys. (laughs) Go and read the book. But honestly, thank you so much, Calvin and Liz, for joining me today. I don't, people can't see, but we've got babies here and you've just made it work. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I could chat to you for so much longer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And really, really massive good luck with your book. I think you've put so much into it. And I love your story. I love your journey and I'll be following it all the way. Um, And thank you so much for sharing your Sliding Doors moments today. Thank you. Thank Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share, and subscribe. Thank you so much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen